time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress Tune the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test Welcome to everybody that is streaming. Uh, thank you all so much, those of you in person uh, with us. There is something about being able to be in person, like to feel the, the kick drum and to feel the blast uh, from the trumpet and the trombone. So thank you all for coming out. And again, thank you all so much for streaming and being with us. A shout out to all of our volunteers, our team that uh, did all the heavy lifting. Uh, to make Sunday in-person service happen. Why don't you just celebrate God for them and encourage them for their hard work? Amen. It's good to be back. Um, having this month off, the sabbatical has been good for me. Um, as the whole saints would say, I feel like I could run on a little while longer uh, now. Uh, and so thank you all for affording me the privilege of having, uh, having the month of August to just step back and to, uh, to just let God restore my soul. Uh, and I feel, uh, feel much better and, um, and am excited about the next leg of the race. Amen? All right. So we are kicking off a new series uh, this week that we'll be in for a total of six weeks. The title of the series is A Different World. And so as we were uh, thinking about how to come back into in-person service, how to be relevant, we started thinking about uh, what are the the significant challenges that people are facing, right, as they come back into church. For some people, they're also returning to work uh, this month. Uh, for some, some kids, they are returning to, to school in person. Uh, for some kids, for the first time in over a year, year and a half for some. And so the world looks very different, right? Like it is indeed a different world that we're living in. And the question is, how should our faith, how should our religion inform how we navigate this different world that we're living in. And so that's what I'm going to be looking at uh, throughout the course of this month. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some of the topics quickly um, that we'll be talking about over the course of these six weeks. So today we're going to talk about a different faith, a different faith. And I'm going to just be challenging us with regard to how we engage our faith in this different world. Um, another week we're going to talk about a different home life, right? For, for those that are in marriages or partnerships, the pandemic has made us, in some cases, create different rules for home life. Um, for some of us brothers, we learned what it felt like to be stay-at-home dads during this time, uh, what it meant to uh, manage a Zoom call and a toddler at the same time. Uh, and we have a different appreciation. And some of us have renegotiated our relational contracts in the home as a result of what is happening in this new world. Um, a different partner. Uh, will be another topic that we'll talk about another week. Uh, and so the thought or the understanding is for some people, uh, the pandemic allowed them to be reflective about what they really needed in a partner. And they woke up one morning and were like, this ain't it. <laughs> this, this is not it. This is not. There we go. Talking to the microphone. Fundamentals. Um, this, this partner is not it. And so 
Um, we're just realizing that um, we needed something different. And so what does it look like to break up in a healthy way? What does it look like to break up in a healthy way? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a different work life uh, and a different boundary. So those are some of the topics that we will hit on, and I hope that you all will be with us uh, throughout this series and look forward to being able to bring some, uh, what I hope to be solid, um, solid preaching. I have a little trouble with my microphone. Y'all give me a minute. Brother, a little rusty, been away for a month. Forget how I put my mic on. But let's, uh, let's bow in a word of prayer, uh, and then we'll jump into this first message. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for uh, just giving us a chance to come together. I thank you for giving me the chance to preach to your people. Pray that you'll allow it to be effective, allow it to be meaningful, allow it to be life-shaping, life-changing. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Uh, let's look at uh, Joshua chapter 24. Uh, Joshua 24. Uh, I'm going to be reading uh, beginning at verse 15, actually only reading verse 15, and then we've got some lengthier passages of Scripture uh, throughout the message. Joshua 24 and 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods uh, your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Let me give you that again. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. For those who may not be familiar with A Different World, it was a late 1980s, early 90s TV show that depicted life at an HBCU. That HBCU was called Hillman. Uh, The show followed the Cosby Show sitcom star, Lisa Bonet, also known as Denise. Uh, It followed Denise as she left the world of Brooklyn, New York, and her familiar household with her doctor dad, her attorney mom, to leave there and to enter a different world living on her own in college. The place was different. The experience was different. The responsibilities were different. The friends and the peers were all different. Uh, There was the full court press that Dwayne Wayne was putting on her because he really liked Denise. Uh, There were the annoying tendencies that she had to adjust to of Whitley Gilbert on campus. Uh, There was the adjustment to living with her roommates, right? Jaleesa and Maggie. Uh, The the show evolved after that first season, as many of you may remember, After that first season, they no longer casted Lisa Bonet as the main character. Uh, The emphasis switched, um, uh, but the show, in essence, remained the same. The theme of the show that continued for that entire six seasons was young adults navigating and figuring out life apart from their parents, apart from their families, figuring out how to do life in a different world. The title and the theme of this show could appropriately be applied to the shifts in today's society. The pandemic has shifted life as we knew it. Yeah, work is different. How we enjoy restaurants is different. I I hear you can get cocktails to go now. Um, How we enjoy restaurants, how we even go to bars is different. Uh, School for our children is different. Even how we think about roles in the home and relationships 
are different. How we shop and grocery shop is different. At some point during the pandemic, I was starting to think that the Amazon delivery driver just liked my wife and enjoyed coming to my house, making up excuses every day for why he needed to ring my doorbell, perhaps to just look at my wife, because I swear through the pandemic, every single day there is an Amazon package at my house. In a matter of 18 months, We have shifted how we fundamentally think about every aspect of our lives. It is truly, it is indeed a different world. I mean, so much about society is changing. But along with that, so much about how people are engaging with faith is even changing. And I would go so far as to say what's changing is even whether or not people will engage with faith at all. It seems that many more people are engaging with alternative means to spirituality. Some have even left the Christian church to explore new practices or some old practices of spirituality that are beginning to reemerge. And so I want to take this moment to just make this point to you as we kick off this series. I want to suggest to you that in a different world, don't choose a different God. That's really all that I came to the South Loop today to say to you. It is to implore to you as we re-engage with church, as society begins to come out of the cave of the pandemic, hopefully, it is to implore you, implore you that in a different world, don't choose a different God. In Joshua chapter 24, Joshua, the old man, is imploring the nation of Israel in this exact same way. He realizes that he is reaching the end of his life. And Joshua wants to ensure that even though the nation of Israelites have experienced God's goodness and have been brought into the promised land, they are now living better than ever. Like some of you that are in this room right now, pandemic somehow or another has created a better life for you than you have ever seen before. And in many ways, minus the mass, you are living in the promised land. What Joshua says to them is that he wants to ensure that even though they have experienced God's goodness, even though they have been brought into the promised land, even though they are living better than they have ever lived, that they are exposed to a better life and better things and more comforts and different ways of being, Joshua wants to ensure that even though they are experiencing a different world than that which they were accustomed to, he wants to make sure that they don't make the mistake choosing a different God now. Joshua shares with them several reasons as he makes his case as to why they should stick with God. And I think that these reasons that Joshua gives to them are good reasons that should be shared with you today about why in the midst of a world and society that is shifting in the midst of this pandemic, that you and I should stick with God too. He shares with them in the text, first of all, that they ought to stick with God in this different world because of his history. Look at Joshua chapter 24, verse uh, verse number two. It says, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. 
But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates, and I led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but to Jacob and his family, they went down to Egypt. Verse 5 says, then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them or drowned them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. What Joshua does here is he starts out by recounting on behalf of God, God's resume or God's credentials or God's LinkedIn profile, God's track record. He is effectively recounting Israel's history, but he is giving it from God's standpoint so that he can show how God was at work throughout their history. He's reminding them that God is not a God without credibility. He is not a God without credentials, but that he is a tried and true God. And the reality is the very comforts that they are now enjoying are because of the hand of God and the blessings of God. He reminded them that I chose your ancestor Abraham when he was worshiping idols. He says to them, I called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and I promised that I would make of him a great nation that would be my people. I gave him a son, Isaac, who was the son of the promise, and I promised it when it seemed like an impossibility because Sarah was unable to bear children and was 80 years old. He says, I kept that promise, and then to that son of the promise, To that son, Isaac, I gave sons, Jacob and Esau. And to Jacob, I gave 12 sons who would become the 12 heads of the tribes of Israel. He reminded them that when y'all were slaves in Egypt, I raised up Moses to lead you out. And I drowned Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea when they tried to pursue you. I kept you while you were in that wilderness. When you didn't have food to eat, I provided you manna, bread from heaven every day to feed your stomachs. And when you complained that the bread was not enough, I paralyzed the wings of quails so that they would fall from the sky and you wouldn't even hunt, but that you would have meat to eat. When you went to take possession of somebody else's land, I went ahead of you. And I ensured that you defeated every enemy. And where you are now, you are only there because I am the one that brought you. God says, I got history with y'all. And y'all got history with me. I'll give you this illustration. Some some years ago, uh, I, I had a BMW that just kept breaking down on me. Now, to understand it, you got to understand how I got into this BMW. I had a very reliable uh, Lexus SUV, but, but to me, it was a soccer mom's car. It wasn't sexy enough for me. And so I, I, I got rid of this tried and true car, and, and I scraped my pennies together, and I bought this very sexy navy blue BMW SUV. Wasn't too long after I got that BMW that I realized Things turned out a little different 
when trouble came. Yes, some trouble came with that car. Things started to need to be fixed. And back-to-back weeks, I was on the side of the road. And at that very moment, I realized how unreliable BMW was. And at that moment, I wish that I still had that tried and true, boring soccer mom Lexus SUV that I had had before. At that moment, I decided that BMW would not be a name that I would entrust my money with again. I decided that I needed a name that is reliable. I need a name that when I take it to the dealer, they know how to fix what's wrong with it. Now, I'm talking about cars, but some of y'all already know where I'm going with this. That there are a lot of spiritual practices that are out there and people are trying new things or are retrying old things. But as for me, I need a name. I I need a name that is tried and true so that when trouble comes and something in my life needs to be fixed, I've got a name that is reliable. Paul picked it up, up the other day and called it a name that is above every other name. Uh, Rance Allen told us that there was something about that name. Your grandmama told you that it was the sweetest name. I know that the old preachers would say regarding that name that the more I call him, the better I feel. I'm just trying to suggest to you that I am sticking with a name that is tried and true because he's got history. He's got history with me. And I'm convinced for those of you that are here, for those of you that are streaming, that when you look back over your life, you've got history too with God. You've got history of God showing himself to be reliable in your life, of God showing up for you in your life, of God making ways for you in your life, of God opening up doors that nobody else could open up for you in your life in this different world. Don't you choose a different God. Don't you choose a different faith because he has history. Let me push on and tell you secondly, in a different world, don't choose a different God or a different faith because there is danger in desertion. Verse 16 says, then the people answer, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said, there ain't no future in your front. Verse 19, Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end to you after he has been good to you. How many of y'all remember the movie House Party? So, so, So the whole underlying theme of the movie House Party is that kid's daddy was looking for him. He walked around the neighborhood in his members-only jacket, searching for kids. He showed up at the party, embarrassing himself 
and kid because he was searching for kid. He walks into the party. You know the, the famous scene where he walks into the party and he's like, look at y'all in here wrong. In these people's house, messing up these people's furniture. No, it ain't paid for. He's in the party. He's searching for kid. The premise of the entire movie is that kid's daddy was looking for him. Some of you identify with this movie because there were certain kids that were our peers growing up that were the kids that could do anything they wanted to do. Seemed like they can get away with anything. But some of y'all had parents like kids' daddy who would come looking for you. Rollers in the hair, dingy, dusty, house coat, robe, whatever you want to call it, bonnet, house shoes, in them streets looking for you. May I suggest to you that for the Christian who turns away, for the Christian who abandons the faith, for for the Christian who pursues other gods or other means of connecting to the so-called divine. You know, our people are real spiritual now. They don't like to say God no more. So connecting with the divine. Let me say to you that we should not be surprised if God comes looking for us. My, my, My New Testament theology has me thinking about grace. But my Old Testament theology has me realizing that God will snatch you back. Yeah, there is danger, I believe, in desertion of God because he knows how to orchestrate situations and circumstances in our lives to draw us back to him. Some of us have already experienced it before. The reality is we didn't start praying again because we just had a a, a resurgence of like, piety and faith. It it was an orchestration of circumstances and situations in our lives where we had no choice but to find ourselves on our knees. How did I get here on my knees? How did I get here on my faith, on, on my face, crying out to God? It was not my piety. It was that there was disaster. There was devastation. There was danger. And I had nowhere else to go but to my knees. That is some of our testimonies. God has a way of snatching us back. It is the psalmist that said in Psalm 119, he said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted because now I know your precepts. Lest I keep you too long, let me say to you thoroughly and finally, in a different world, don't choose a different God or a different faith because you need to continue your commitment. Verse 21 says, but the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Verse 23, now then said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Verse 25, on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people, and there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, 
This stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people each to their own inheritance. They made a covenant there. Literally, they made a commitment or a promise, and they made that promise to God that they would serve him and they would serve him exclusively that day. Covenant agreements are literally like contracts. Joshua took a stone and Joshua set that stone up as a monument of remembrance of the covenant that had been made from the people to God. Nowadays, we don't need stones, but you made a covenant when you accepted Jesus as your savior and you made that public declaration in front of witnesses when you were baptized. That was your covenant of faith. That that was your commitment to serving God, to belief in Jesus Christ, and to kinship with other Christians. I say to you today that despite the changing world, despite the different world that is coming in a different world, don't choose a different God. Yeah, you need to continue your commitment. You committed to the faith. Now stick to the faith. Practicing the faith can get exhausting at times, but by all means, take a break if you need to take a break from church if you must, but don't quit the faith. The the, the church, let me say, and Christians will miss the mark sometimes and will embarrass the name of the God that we serve, but men and women may be faulty, but let me say to you that God is not. Continue your commitment. Don't quit the faith. Let let me close with this last illustration. One of the best parts of my job that I get to do as pastor is perform wedding ceremonies. Wedding ceremony tend to uh, go over the details of the ceremony with the bride and groom in in one of our sessions. We tend to talk about, uh, among other things, the vows. Uh, Because I don't want to take for granted what people are going to be committing to one another. In nearly every case, the bride and the groom want to share their own vows, but there are certain parts of traditional vows that they also want to be shared. Uh, One of those parts of the traditional vows that they want to be shared is that line, till death do us part. What they are effectively saying to each other and committing in front of witnesses is that I am not in this relationship only for the fair weather. I'm not in it only for the good times. And my expectation is that you will not only be in it for the good times. The expectation is that we will stay together so long that we start looking like each other. The expectation is that we stay together When he's handsome and she is gorgeous, we stay together when the beauty starts to fade. We stay uh, together when the money is good, but we are together when we face hard times together. We are together come hell or high water till death do us part. Let me say to you that that is the essence of what covenant means. 
When we come into covenant with God, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we get saved, we're entering covenant with God. And similar to marriage, it is till death do us part. During the high moments of our faith, during the moments where we have great testimonies about how good the Lord has been to us, But then also in those low moments, those Job moments, that those, though he slay me, yet will I trust him moments till death do us part. But let me suggest to you that our commitment, sticking with God, sticking with the faith, is different than marriage in this way. Because in marriage, it is till death do us part. When it comes to my relationship with God, it is till death do we meet. I am committed on this side, but isn't that great getting up morning on the other side? I am, when I get to see him face to face, when I get to bow in his presence and before the throne, I'm not finished then. It's really just getting started. I'm committed for the long haul. I, I continue in, in, in my life, in my new school manifestation of what it means to do church, continue to be reminded and encouraged of, of just the words of the, 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 the people that went before us. They, they would say in this song, I've been running for Jesus a long time, and I'm not tired yet. Let me suggest to you that that is the faith that we need to have. There's this one other song, and I'll, I'll leave you when I share this. The words of it resound in my mind. Some folks would rather have houses and land. Some folks choose silver and gold. These things they treasure and forget about their souls. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. You've made that decision. Stick with it. World is changing, but stick with it. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for encouraging us, for pushing us. That in the midst of a different world, we ought not choose a different God or a different faith. I pray that you will continue to push us, continue to prod us that way until you come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you praise God for his word?